0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech fan podcast number 307. Seven past 300, David Cohen. now How long have we been doing this now? Too long. <sighs> there, I, I've heard that there's talk now of... Uh, uh, <clears throat> you know how I like they do those uh, petitions to try to get companies and stuff to do things? Yeah, you know? like get rid of the head of Uber or things like that. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, you know... Uh, we're we're getting feedback now. Uh it's a my understanding is there is a petition started um to uh replace us as hosts on TechFan. Okay, who
1: who are they gonna have?
0: They haven't decided it yet. Uh I've been hearing Guy and Gaz, but they already have Oh, so. right.
1: Yeah, they're already committed though. Right, right. Maybe they maybe they can find a um... Well
0: I no, I gotta say, I, I, I have heard rumors. Brooke yeah. and Alexander. Oh yeah. So my daughter, your son, they still get that US Brit thing going on. That's right, yeah. Uh, but they get the female perspective. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know,
1: kind of teenagers, they probably get um, a lot more uh, intelligence than they get out of us.
0: Especially if they, you know, started streaming on Ustream and YouTube and Facebook and, you know. That's what
1: that's what all the kids do nowadays. Yeah, Got to get like the it. clicks. Mm-hmm. Got to get the ads.
0: So I don't know if you can hear any difference, but I'm actually going through a uh, VPN. If you, and I know you did listen to Owen and I talking a couple of weeks ago, I think back on Damn, 305, yeah. um, uh, Ivacy was the one that he recommended. Yeah. I'm using that right now. Are you finding it? Uh, pretty good, to be honest. Uh, I haven't had any issues. I've noticed that it's uh, a little bit slower than I would prefer. Uh, downloading a couple TV shows. Yeah. But streaming doesn't seem to be any issue. Uh, VoIP, what we're doing right now, doesn't seem to be any issues. Most of the time, I forget that it's even running. Uh, It doesn't cause any problems, except it does cause problems with Netflix. I go into Netflix. I can browse. As soon as I start watching something, I get this weird dialogue popping up. And uh, so then I have to turn off Ivacy. Netflix are wise to people using the whole
1: VPN thing to uh, try and get around some of their barriers.
0: Yeah, there are content uh, restrictions, i.e. where you live. Yeah. Which so yeah.
1: I see, obviously, a base in Singapore. So, you presumably, that means you don't have to worry about them being served with a uh, US security letter, meaning they can turn over your
0: details if they decide to. Well, they don't keep them. Yeah. That's their whole thing, is they do not keep details on anybody. So Yep. I guess, guess the feds gonna
1: do it the old-fashioned way, which is to plant a mole inside the company and get the stuff that way. And they're not going to do that for uh, for us.
0: No. No. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So hey,
1: look, it was... Tim, Tim Torrance at Game of Thrones again.
0: Yeah. Wait, doesn't he have an HBO subscription? That's not the point. <laughs> so we do have a uh, wiki trolling coming up later in the show. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know anything about it because David picked it this week, so I've got the page loaded. I know what the subject is, but I haven't read a thing about it. So, Okay, I shall spill the beans. Yeah, well, uh, it'll be fun. Um, we started recording a little bit later because we got a, a persistent buzz. We couldn't figure out what it is. I unplugged everything. <laughs> Could not figure it out. And it was it, obviously the last thing I did was the culprit, and it was two USB chargers plugged into a power strip that's usually powering up uh, iPads and stuff like that but they were touching in the in the power strip the two well one's for a, an iPad one's the old iPhone one the little square mm-hmm. thing and they were just touching enough where it was causing audio interference that you cannot hear unless it's over a microphone
1: yeah the um the tech equivalent of crossing the streams yep um, they, I, I think we forget. We're so used to plugging in these charges and then getting. I mean, the, my iPhone Seven charges incredibly quickly. Yeah, so does mine. A, I've got well, a two point four travel charger I use with it, and yeah, I can plug it in, and within about forty minutes, it'll go from zero to fifty percent. I mean, it's really, really quick. Yeah. But but we forget how many electrons are whizzing around these things. It's a you lot. know we kind of plug in, plug it in, and we're used to it working, and most of the time things don't blow up. And we just we we forget that we are putting colossal amounts of energy in very small space in a very quick amount of time. It's no wonder that we get interference every now and again.
0: It's kind of amazing that we don't get it as more than, and we can't even hear it sometimes. You know, it's it's inaudible to us. Yeah, uh, I'm checking something here because I wanted to. Uh, that's what I want. There we go. Um, is this it? I want to check. No, that's not it. If that's for me, I'm not here, please. I don't want to. I don't. I just don't feel like talking to him. I I don't want to talk to him either. Uh, wow. Well, yeah. I don't know I, who it is. That's just kind of rude, David. Yeah. But now they've left now a, message. a message. Uh, I'm gonna send this uh over to you so we can discuss it intelligently. So, a few weeks now, I've been talking about replacing my stereo and the sequoia you have and i you know i finally did it it's installed it's done the subwoofer and the amp is done that's installed uh and everything is actually working very well uh the biggest reason now it's an 07 sequoia it's in beautiful condition david you get to see it in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. and hear it and i just wanted bluetooth that was the big thing when you drive as much as I do, about 70 miles a day when I'm working, so five days a week I'm driving at least 70 miles, um, you kind of want to be able to answer the phone without taking your hands off the wheel, uh, keep looking at the road ahead, that sort of thing. Kind of important, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And so Bluetooth was one of the driving factors. Now, the stereo that was in there was actually a pretty good Pioneer. It's a Toyota branded Pioneer one, but mm-hmm. it was Pioneer. Um, there was things about it that I actually like more than my replacement, like I could adjust the angle of the faceplate, which was uh, now that I can't do that, I kind of miss that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I like that part. And of course, being the custom stereo, there's a chance that you're going to lose your steering wheel controls. Mm-hmm. Up, down, volume up, down, and then source button. Going between the different sources, between CD or AM, FM, that sort of thing. So what I settled on, and it is installed now, it's a JVC DVD receiver. It's a KW-V230BT. Now, I'll put a link in here, and and the link is going to go to the Crutchfield website. Now, Crutchfield, for those who don't remember or weren't old enough, way, way, way back in the day, was a mail catalog. Um, when I say mail, I mean postal. Not, you know, hey, look yeah. at me, I'm a mail catalog. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's because that would just be weird. Yeah. And I probably wouldn't get a mail catalog. Um, maybe a female one. And then, you know, not now, because you know, my wife would be like, why are you getting female catalogs? Well, wow. um, not, not, not ever anymore. That sort of thing is generally frowned upon. Yeah, a little bit. Quite right too. Yeah, I agree. Yes, um, it used to be if you were into car stereos. Crutchfield was the mail catalog to get, the mail order catalog to get. It just had the best brands and the widest selection. And they were renowned for if you had a problem with installation or something, calling them and they would just get it taken care of. They'd help you right on the phone. So I had no idea that they were still around and actually as popular as they ever were then, my understanding is. And their website is fantastic. The first thing you do when you go there and start looking for, say, in a car stereo is put in what vehicle you have. And this very, very specific. Now in mine, there's basically, I've got the Limited, but there's four different systems in the Limited. Right. So I choose the one I've got, and it will show me what will fit in my car, either speakers Sweet. or decks or what have you. I think That's, that's a, what you want. That's a, isn't that just so useful? Well,
1: <laughs> you're more likely to get people to buy something if you make it super easy to buy the right thing, particularly if it's something that's going to involve ripping apart your car dashboard to fit it. Ebay does the same thing, believe it or not. Yeah. Yep. So I, was like, oh, I, I, I that. always, I always worry about eBay though. Sometimes some of their product specifics, when I'm listing stuff, they'll they'll prompt me for product specifics, and then they'll they'll tell me what they think I've given it, and then then it won't be right, and then I end up having to put in my description, please ignore the product specifics; they're not quite right. Um, I I trust I
0: trust a, a dealer who's got experience rather than eBay more. Oh, absolutely, no question. Yeah. But I don't know if Crutchfield sends International or not. So that's right. why I threw that out there. Yep. So I ordered this through Crutchfield. It was 239 $239, which isn't inexpensive. And mine was a uh, remanufactured one. I.e., right. someone bought it, didn't work for them for whatever reason. They sent it back. to, And then JVC reconditions it to make sure that there's no scratches, that everything works. And then a company like Crutchfield gets those, and then they sell them at a discounted we've, price. We've,
1: we've talked about refurbished Apple stuff before. I have to say, buying refurbished is one of my famous,
0: fa- favorite things to do. And for those who think, oh, yeah. I don't want to buy a used one, that's not really what refurbished means. No. It it, it could have been something that was damaged in shipping. It could have been uh, sent to someone, and when they got it, they realized, oh, this is a double den. I've got a single DIN. This isn't going to work. So they'll send it back after they've opened the box. So there's a lot of different reasons something may be refurbished. But the biggest, to me, plus of a refurbished is the company that manufactures this item or a subsidiary of that company or a paid contractor will physically inspect it. They will physically test it. They have to certify it according to the manufacturer before it will go back out. Yeah. So, a human actually did something with it to verify that it's okay. And and the thing
1: is as well, anybody selling you stuff refurbished, if it's manufacturer or dealer refurbished, if the you know, the what most people are worried about particularly is either things missing from the box, right, or accessories or something, or alternatively physical damage to the unit. Yes. Now they will, uh, unless it's somebody who just kind of is refurbishing it themselves in their garage, yet yeah, they will always tell you you will never get um, a problem w- it, with a professional refurbisher where you open it up and you find it's got a great scratch on the front or something right. like that because they will tell you, and it will be cheaper if, if that's what it is because they don't want people sending this stuff back again. They've already paid once to refurbish it, so mm-hmm. they're very honest. They're very upfront. If you buy from dealers who, who do professional warranted refurbishment or you buy from the manufacturer, you are basically getting an as-new unit for less money, and if it, if it has physical
0: damage on it, they will tell you, and you will not be paying for the physical damage. Correct. So this is the head unit I bought for my Sequoia. Uh, I had a friend of mine install it. He screwed up the first time. I was only getting stuff out of the right channel, and the steering wheel controls didn't work. Uh, but he fixed it, and all is good now, and it sounds really, really great, with the stock speakers in the car. Yeah. Um, most stock radios simply don't have enough power, to adequately drive the speakers that are in the car. Uh, most factory car stereos are starred for power. And when it mm-hmm. comes to audio, and now when I say power, I don't mean loudness, although that is an aspect of it. I mean pushing the power to the speakers that the speakers can handle and really do want. Yeah. And if you have an underpowered system and you're listening to something at just, you know, normal volume, you may be missing some bass because you're, it's the radio is not pushing enough power to supply the, the, the watts, if you will, to that speaker that it really wants to reproduce the music you're listening to. Yeah. So power is very important. It, and it will usually clean up uh, some deficiencies in the source material. Yep. So this has got plenty of power. Um, it's got... Apps already installed on it, although I'll be honest, the only one I've used so far is SiriusXM. So with SiriusXM, though, I had to get a SiriusXM receiver that plugs into the back of this. I You don't see anything. It's no difference, but it basically turns it on, and it connects yes, to an antenna. it's kind of a DRM
1: deal, isn't it? It allows it to receive and decode the signal.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a receiver itself, so.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so SiriusXM, uh, and it works fine. Uh, I usually use it with either Bluetooth audio or the iPod because it's got a big screen that says iPod on it, but it's got Pandora, it's got iHeartRadio, it's got Spotify, it works with Android, it works with iPod. You can plug a, uh, a USB stick into it with music on it, it will read that and use it. It does have a CD player. It also has a DVD player built in, so I can literally put a DVD in it and have a movie play right there. And, and it looks like you could also play movie off USB, too. So yes. this is pretty cool. Uh, it does support backup camera, which I'm going to eventually get. Uh, that's pretty easy. With the backup camera, it, it literally installs uh, as a license plate bracket. And then there's just a couple wires. One goes all the way to the head unit. And the other one is for power for the camera. And you tie it into your brake light. So when you put it in reverse, or I'm sorry, you tie it into your reverse lights, not your brake Reverse light, light. yeah. So when you put it in reverse, it powers the camera. The head unit goes, oh, I've got power to the camera. I'm going to show that. I'm going to switch over to that app because at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's an app. And now your screen is your backup camera. You see what's behind you. Okay. So I'm really happy with it so far. If I had any complaints, it's not bright enough, which was just the opposite of the last head unit I had in the Honda, which was way too bright. I couldn't dim it down. And at night, it was blinding me. Uh, But I haven't driven at night with this head unit. But during the day, I'm sitting in the driver's seat, I look at the radio, I want it to be about 75% brighter than it is. And maybe that's just because you used the very bright thing in the Honda. No, uh, it's because you're a little bit of a distance away because it's a big vehicle. Right. And it's just not... The blacks aren't black. They're more grayish. Um, It's just kind of not a great screen is really what you know, i think and I we're probably a the- bit
1: spoiled because we're oh, staring
0: at, at laptop screens and
1: ipod ipads all day mm-hmm. uh and um obviously they have very nice screens and
0: you know i've gone in and i've changed the brightness i've changed the viewing angle you can actually change the viewing angle in software on this i could t- change the black level i still got to play with it more honestly i haven't played with it hardly at all but so far so good uh my other complaint is there's a noticeable delay in switching apps and it firing up that source. So if I get a, if I'm listening to something a podcast and it's playing through the iPod uh, app because I'm directly plugged into the unit rather than mm-hmm. Bluetooth, if I get a call, it, it immediately pops up with a call. I can answer the call, talk. I stop that that conversation ends. I, then it starts playing music again, but I hear it for the first 10 seconds coming out of the iPhone speaker before mm. the system goes, oh, okay, we'll switch back to this and let you start hearing it this way. That's kind yeah. of annoying. But it's to me, it's $239. So. Yeah. It's,
1: um, I mean, in the past, you would have paid a lot more money for something like this. This has pretty, got pretty much every feature you
0: can think of on it. So, uh, And, and I'm the impressed. price is right. Yeah, And, you know, I did have to buy extras. I had to buy the kit to convert the steering wheel controls over so it would work with this. Like I said, I did have to buy the Sirius XM receiver. Uh, and it comes with a dash kit according to the vehicle that you say it's going to go into. And part of the dash kit is also the wiring harness, which will convert what's stock in the vehicle over to this vehicle. Uh, even so, there was it was still kind of confusing for the guy that I had installing it, and it took a little while, but the job got done. It's in the car. I'm happy. Excellent. So there is the update to the car stereo, and you can give your opinion on it when you see it in a couple of weeks. I look forward to that. It's so, going to be good. So I've got something else, but let's uh, save that for a little bit later in the show. What's going on with you, David?
1: What's going on with me? I'm um, busy working on my presentation for Maxdoc. Yeah. so that's coming together nicely now. Um, I have um, a new device on the way to me, which I'm looking forward to, which is a drone. A drone. Now, do you have they're any experience
0: drone. at flying drones or anything?
1: Well, I, I bought I bought the cheap ones before. You know, they're kind of the well. I've had a few. They started with those little helicopters that you used to be able to get. Yeah, you know, the the little the the tiny little foam ones with a kind of an infrared control. Um, and yeah, I've flown a few of the of the kind of the sub one hundred dollar drones in the past not very well these are the ones that normally take a little bit of stabilization and everything to get working sure um and uh yeah really not yeah everything is directly controlled so um over a a remote that's tends not to be well calibrated so they're fun but they really are kind of hard work to to do anything useful with them and i know you'll see guys on on youtube who who are wizards with these things and can make them kind of loops and all of that me not so much i tend to find that i can play with them for about 30 40 minutes between you know obviously recharging regularly until eventually i i hit it on something in a break prop and kind <laughs> of <that laughs> is over. it's like right. okay i'll put it away now but this is this is not that this is a drone from DJI who invented the phantom series which kind of really popularized drones in terms of big camera drones right Um, that's the ones they were the guys who you know kind of virtually invented the genre and the the dji ones were designed for people who wanted to do real work with them so they effectively fly themselves they have gps they're completely autonomously stabilized you take these things up in air and you'd let go of the controls and it hovers there rock solid they have gimbaled cameras on uh and if you watch these uh you know these kind of helicopter style shots that most reality tv and stuff in ha- have nowadays it's all done with these types of drones yep um and those things are uh, you know they're bearing in mind they, they go in the media industry they're they're, they're remarkably cheap for what they are because in the past you used to have higher high helicopters to do this but they're still you know a couple of thousand dollars something like that so DJI have been pushing themselves down into the consumer market recently and they launched a drone just over a year ago called the mavic pro which was a small fold-up drone and it was a massive hit and it was the first time you could get that kind of Professional camera style stuff with, you know, view through the view through the um, the camera eye as you're flying the drone on a on a screen like a smartphone or, some, right. or a a remote. Um, all the kind of follow self following stuff and collision avoidance stuff you get on the big drones, and you could get that for around about a thousand dollars. And it was a big hit. This is their latest model, and it's even smaller and even cheaper. This
0: was about five hundred dollars, uh, it and it's called DJI Spark it's the it's a consumer version then it's not Uh,
1: yeah this well it's not it's almost not even like a consumer version they they're kind of i think they they're kind of trying to move away from people who just want to fly drones and take pictures into something that's actually going to be attractive to the general consumer so they this is almost like a you could almost call this a selfie drone because that's one of the things it can do it's absolutely tiny um, it re- uh, the body of this is about the size, about the height of a of a Coke can, uh, and it has four little propellers on it, so it's pretty small, um, but it still has those same features. It's self-stabilizing. You launch it. It hovers. It's very easy to fly. Effectively, you're using the remotes to tell it where to go, not to, say, follow my input, which is kind of what you want. You want the thing to be pretty autonomous. Yes. Um, but this, this also will has face recognition. So the idea with this is you can launch it from your hand. It will hover in front of you. You can then get it to recognize and identify your face, and it will then follow you around. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. You can then control it with gestures. So you can move it around the room by by waving your hand in front of your face. And then when you want it to take a picture of you and your friends, you kind of put your hand into a little square, and it takes pictures. Um, It hooks to your phone. Um And you can get a remote for it as well that extends the range uh of the of the vision through the camera to the to the phone. It kind of uses the phone as a screen an app on there um and then it has all these kind of really funky um kind of video modes where it can it can zoom in spirals around you it can kind of zoom out it can go backwards zoom out about 50 feet to get a wide view and then take a video and shoot back in and and all these videos are then transmitted to your phone on the fly so you can actually see them edit them together on the phone while the drone is still flying um it's a really really neat piece of kit and it really is kind of like the the perfect like kind of little drone for somebody who wants to really do something a bit more professional than you know, a cheap Chinese drone with a, with a SD car camera in it, but, um, but still not, not spent a huge amount of money. I've got to be honest, my, my brother, he bought the Mavic Pro. Um, he actually got it bought for him through work because he's in PR and they were using it for some PR shots. And, and he sent me some video of him shooting his kids and around the house, and it was just, it was jaw-dropping. It was absolutely jaw dropping. This stuff, and I immediately said to him, "Said oh, I want to get one of these, but I can't afford them." So he kind of told me when this one was launched, um, and he's getting one too. And so he said, "Oh, well, I'll, I'll place an order for you, and you can get it." So this is this is kind of kind of my um, you know my, my treat for the year, really, because this is really something I otherwise I wouldn't have ever gone out and bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I I say that um, I just want to give a shout out actually because we have a new listener, Tim yeah a gentleman who's a friend of my mother's called randall and uh, so what randall's been doing is he, he listens to the show <laughs> he he holds he hears me share all these personal insights into my tech and my life and the things i've been up to and everything and then he passes on to my mother so she knows more about me than than you think than, you. yeah than i think she does right. and so i get you know oh i hear you went to see wonder woman last week oh I, you know <laughs> oh i hear alexander's been doing this and so i want to shout check give randall a shout out and a hello hey Thanks randall much for listening Randall. he's a very big fan hey, so n- um, nice to, to hear about that randall yeah welcome to and, Tech and, um and so yeah Ra- randall you can tell tell Mum all about the drone
0: <laughs> that's awesome
1: <laughs> yeah so so yeah this is um this is, yeah it's gonna be fun I, hopefully i'm gonna get it in the next week or so so um I'm looking forward to uh, to having to play around with that. I kind of, I really wish I'd had it when we were on the
0: cruise ship. Oh, sure, absolutely. <laughs> that, that would have, have been amazing. amazing to have the drone following me on the cruise ship. Of course, it would have, <laughs> might have been even more amazing to see it, you know, run out of battery and plunge well, into the sea. You know what? And... We were walking along one day I'm on the top decks, and near the sports deck,
1: and uh, I saw this basketball go flying straight over this very high net out to the sea and splash into the water. And I couldn't mm-hmm. resist. I immediately shouted, Wilson!
0: <laughs> yeah, you have to. I think it's a law that you have to do that. <laughs> so you got, you're got you going to get something else when you're here in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, during um, Mac stock. I am, yeah. You're, um, you're going to yeah. get the 10.5-inch iPad Pro, which, you know, when we talked about WWDC and all the announcements... We were a little critical on quite a bit of it, but you said right then, uh, I got an email from you, or a text from you, that you want that new iPad Pro.
1: Well, yeah, I had the the 12.9 Pro, which I really liked, but it was too big for me. Um, It was too big and too heavy. It was like carrying another laptop around with me, and um, much as I liked it, that was just
0: too much. And that's one of the reasons I, I never really considered it, because I looked at it in a store picked it up and I thought well for what I'm using my iPad for I would love the power and the screen and all that this it's too big yeah so this is this is a
1: great compromise because it's slightly bigger than the old one the Air 2 and yet it has a much bigger screen and a lot of people who've used it have said two things about it. First of all, they say the screen size really is a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, a good mix between the Air 2 and then the larger 12.9. And secondly, it looks like Apple's really hit it out of the park with the technology in this
0: iPad. Uh, and it's going to really come alive with iOS 11. It. Yeah. iOS yeah. 11 is really going to take advantage of this new iPad as well. Yeah. So yeah. I, I look uh, forward to hearing what you think of it. Well, if only we had somebody else in the podcast who has one and could share their thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did get one. Uh, I got the Wi-Fi 256 version. Yeah, Um, and and like, like me, you've been looking to upgrade your Air 2 for a while, haven't you? You know, there's things that I do with it every day, and I've noticed probably the last year or so that it seems to be getting a little slower on me. Now, is it really getting slower, or am I just so used to it that it feels like it's getting slower? And I do think it's getting a little slower. I've yeah. always it's it's oh is it sixty four? I cannot remember. I think it's one hundred twenty eight gig, mm-hmm. um, but it might be the sixty four version. I cannot remember off the top of my head. I think it's a sixty four. To be honest, I bet it. I bet it is because I've got a one twenty eight, and you do have to be going some to fill that up. Yeah, so I'm going to say it's a sixty four, and I've always tried to leave at least fifteen to twenty percent free. Although there are times that I get to the point. Where, uh, you know what, it, it's, i got to start deleting some stuff. Because, like any computer, and at the end of the day, that's what an iPad is. It's a computer. Um, if you do fill it up, or you're really, really close to that cap, it will really slow down the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you know, I have to do some space management. So with this one, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to get the 512. I, that's probably overkill for what I need. But I think the 256 is probably going to be that nice little sweet spot. So that's the one I got, and when I migrated from my old iPad to the new one, which took about an hour, and I used my computer at home, um, the iMac, to do it, I backed up the old one, then I, you know, uh, restored, if you will, the new one and changed its name, and then I went and nuked the old one, uh, which Julie is going to be using. Mm-hmm. It was flawless. There was, it It was like using my old iPad again. Except the screen is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you could see the tech demos, watching the keynote and all that from WWDC, but until you actually get your hands on it and start using the apps that you're used to, and even more impressively, starting to look at some pictures on it, it is really, really impressive. Now, I do want to add one little caveat to that, David, and that's I haven't used it a whole lot beyond what I usually normally do with an iPad. I haven't put it through any kind of testing for a review or anything. Um, but for what I've done with it, I am super impressed. It's, wow. it's, it's so fast. Unlocking it with your thumb is completely instantaneous. Yeah. You touch your thumb and it's unlocked. Done. Boop. I mean, it's there's no... Now, see, you might be used to that with the iPhone 7, but I've got the iPhone 6 Plus. Yeah. So there's always that little... Half second delay between when I put my thumb on it and it actually unlocks the phone. There's no delay on the iPad Pro. I mean, okay. it's just boop done. Yeah. You press the you press the home button and
1: it just unlocks as you as it goes to the home screen.
0: Yes, I mean there's there's no delay that when I it, yeah. the moment I touch that button it's unlocked. I almost don't get to see my lock screen. It's so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but more importantly to me is. Uh, quite and and I talked about this before. Is the refresh rate on that screen? You wouldn't think if you don't know much about monitor technology that yeah, it's one hundred twenty-eight megahertz refresh rate. What's or the one hundred twenty megahertz? Yeah, Um 120, 120 hertz. One hundred twenty hertz. What? I don't. I don't. So what? Who, who, does that really make any difference? It absolutely makes a huge difference. It it makes things when you're scrolling, for instance feel like you're scrolling something physical. So, like, if you're changing the, uh, if you're scrolling text on the screen, as an example, and I've seen this written a few times, and it's a perfect example, you could still read the words as they're whizzing by. You could still see what those words are. Uh, Pictures, as they scroll up your screen quickly, as you're kind of scrolling through a whole bunch of pictures, are not blurry. You can actually, you know what those pictures are. You can still see them. Just like if you were moving your eyes from the top of a magazine down its page um, it 's super impressive and <clears throat> uh, up, up I, until even, now, even
1: more so I think with 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 the this version of the iPad because. It would have been very easy for Apple to just kind of bump the refresh rate up and then leave it there. Yep. Um, But they're not doing that. They do it dynamically, adjusting the refresh rate. Because obviously, the more it's refreshing, the more work it's doing, the less battery life you're going to get. So they're only doing this when they know the thing is busy. Yes. They're only doing this when they know a finger is near the screen or the uh, pencil is near the screen uh, or the screen is updating. Um, And even more impressively, if you play a movie on this, at thirty frames per second, then the refresh rate will just dynamically drop down to match, yeah which means you don 't get any um, artifacts uh, and also you there. get better battery life yeah. and that 's huge and that is not a trivial thing to do no it's If not. you get that wrong and basically you 've destroyed the usability of the device yes and um, to pull it off in a way that that effectively is seamless to the user because i've i 've heard some people complaining that the um, the, they find the 120 hertz refresh rate kind of a little bit. Uh, they're getting a little bit of motion sickness. Yep. So you're able to turn it off. But what I haven't heard is anybody complaining it doesn't work properly. <laughs> you know. So it's uh, it's it's a if somebody if it's making somebody sick, it's a fault with the user. It's not fault with the hardware.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I I could tell you as someone who appreciates a high refresh rate, and it's almost essential for me. hmm it, It's it's a welcome addition. And yep. I've had someone ask me, you know, it's a slightly bigger screen. Does it make a difference? It does. It, it, now the physical iPad itself honestly doesn't feel any bigger at all than my iPad pro or my iPad air two. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't feel like a bigger unit. The side bezel is noticeably smaller. And I thought that might be an issue. It's totally not. It makes no difference at all. Um, but I think it is the perfect size for someone who... Now, I know, for instance, Owen really likes his iPad mini, which I don't think is long for the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand why someone likes that size unit, but I, and I said this to Owen, I think at that size, your better option, because I don't think you're playing a lot of games, and I think you're probably reading and, and consuming content, checking websites, stuff like that, um, quite honestly, is akin to of fire. I think that's mm-hmm. a better unit because of the price. 50 to 80 bucks for one. Yeah. Than the 300 and some for the iPad mini. It it I mean it's, it's, it's more it's, than it's that. I think the iPad mini's even more than the base iPad at this point. Yeah. It's, um, uh, it so it doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. Economic. Yeah. And you could buy almost four iPad or uh, Kindles and yeah. you're still not even in that price range. You could just have one in your bedroom, one in the bathroom, one in the kitchen. I yep. mean, and it's all tied to your your Amazon account, so the content will all be the same. Your bookmarks will all stay there. So I think that's a better option. But when it comes to the bigger iPads, or the bigger tablets anyways, it's only iPad. There is no competitors at that size. There just isn't. Unless it's a mutant device that's, oh, it's a laptop, and it's also a... And, and those things generally don't work as well, anyways. Including the surface, I'll put the surface in there too. It, it's just not as well made, and the software isn't as good as what you get on the iPad.
1: Most, most definitely. I mean, I, you could argue the toss on the hardware, one way or the other. I, I think the the hardware is nice when you first get it.
0: It doesn't last as well as the uh, Apple stuff does. My iPad um, Air two looks brand new. Yeah, I, it, it's just, it's still perfect. Whereas you
1: know the 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 surface stuff, it gets dinged up really easily, really yep. easily, um, but certainly on the software side, I mean, mm-hmm. iOS as a, as a tablet operating system is, and I've said this before, it's miles away better than even the latest version of Windows. Yes. Um, so uh, absolutely, I think what's interesting with with this line now is that for a, a long time, iPad the iPad line has been a mess. You know, there are too many models. It was too hard to differentiate between them. There was lots of incremental updates and everything like that. So they have now moved to a, a, a much cleaner thing, kind of like the Mac laptops used to be, which is you have a, a base model that's affordably priced. It's still more expensive than the rest of the market, but it's worth it. Yeah. And then you have clear Pro models with clear Pro features that are. are and not just marketing pro features, but actually makes sense to professionals who are going to do stuff on this. It makes sense to people who are going to be drawing on it with a pencil or doing video editing on it or photo- photography on it and that sort of thing to have high-res, high-res, uh, high-refresh screens. And let's be clear. That, I mean, you were talking about the difference between the, the Mini and the regular iPad here. With the Mini, they took the regular screen um, pixel size and shrunk it down the actual, they didn't make the screen smaller in terms of fewer pixels, they just made the pixels themselves smaller. Yep. This is not the same. No. They've made the screen uh, it's gone from 9.7 to 10.5 inches, but those extra inches are reflected in extra pixels around the edge, so the screen is actually physically bigger.
0: Well, I, it's not, I, not,
1: you're not, They've not just blown up the old screen and made it, made it larger, but they've right. actually added more pixels. Than
0: that. Well, I've opened up web pages side by side now on the two units, the iPad Air 2 and the iPad Pro. Yeah. It's, it, you see more. You see more, which is what
1: you want. You don't yes. don't just want... Uh, and but it's the I want to see
0: more without a 12-inch screen in, yeah. in, sitting on in my hands when I'm you know, getting ready to go to bed so, or something.
1: The, the, the 12-inch iPad is... Uh, and and I think the 12.9-inch iPad will come into its own with iOS 11 because there are so many improvements in multitasking uh, and functionality in iOS 11. it's a creation um, tool yeah the 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 twelve point nine inches is for somebody who wants to get rid of their laptop completely and only carry one device right uh, and it's perfect for that mm-hmm. but the the thing is if you if you're carrying a computer anyway and many of us are and you still want to have a, a, a tablet with you then the uh the ten point five is perfect
0: so for those wondering, I did not get the smart keyboard uh because i, I I'm never going to use a keyboard with it. I'm just not. That's not what I use this device for. If I was still traveling and stuff all the time, uh, maybe. And I also did not get the Apple Pencil. Number one, I think it's cost prohibitive. And number two, I'm not an artist. So yeah. there's no reason for me to have the Apple Pencil. I would love to play with one, but quite frankly, it, it's superfluous for me. I, I don't need now, it. Now, so here's a question. Do you feel, I presume you had to fill in a lot of paperwork
1: in your job. Would you see yourself using a 10.5-inch a iPad and Apple Pencil for filling in papers and getting people to sign stuff? No.
0: No? No, because it doesn't work that way for what I do. Right. If there was a software solution for the type of paperwork that I have to do, maybe. Um, but it would just be really hard to – you have to change the paperwork on the fly when you're selling cars. Right. Uh, you present someone with an offer, and they look at it, and they go, well, I want the running boards. So you quickly scribble, add 650 for running boards, circle it. You have them initial that. Can you do all that on an iPad? Yes. It's just not as easy as paper. Right. Um, Hey, can I have a copy of that to take home? Well, yeah, let me print another one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, no, not really. But I can see that eventually happening in many, many industries, including my own let's uh let's take a quick break here from our content David, and uh encourage those who are listening to send us some feedback. We love feedback it's real easy to do so simply send an email to the show at techfanpodcast You can also send us uh, messages on twitter or facebook on twitter we are tech fan podcast and on twitter it's or on uh, facebook it's just do a search for tech fan podcast you'll find it. You can also go to techfampodcast.com or mymac.com and leave a message in the show notes. So, David, we have quite a few other shows in the network, but we're kind of getting up to that point where the weather's nicer, people are getting out and doing more. So this is the time of the year that we'll see a drop-off in content at both mymac.com and the My Mac Podcasting network. Um, we're going to, of course, diligently try to have a show every week. But this is also the time of the year that I'm going to be taking vacations or taking time off. You've just came back from a cruise for from two weeks. Um, but we're going to continue to try to push out episodes of the podcast. We do have a couple of shows out right now in the network. One is the Essential Apple Podcast, which I actually have to go in there and adjust the notes uh, from Mark. He sent me an email. I just haven't got around to doing it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of like that I, I'm, I've never really looked at the profile information. So if you go to mymac.com and click podcasts, right now it's the first one, but by the time anyone hears this, the Tech Fan Podcast will be the first one listed there. But for Mark, it shows his bio information. It says, Mark's a guy who lives in a shack by the sea in far western England. Binge watches Netflix series in between reviewing tech and Mac-related goodies. The switch to the Macintosh was easy when using dreaded Win Vista and adding a printer proved nigh impossible. Uh, that tipped him over the edge. Since getting a Mac, he's never looked back, including the Hackintosh years. Wannabe guitar player, intermittent podcaster, and Taylor Swift fan.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say he sounds like a great guy, right until that last bit. <laughs> I, I like Taylor Swift's music. I know. I'm kidding. It's kind of addictive when you start hearing You know, it. the music's good. Uh, I think the media interest in her private life is... is um, is unfortunate.
0: Well, that's anybody that gets to that level. They remember uh, they did the same thing with Madonna and Prince and Michael uh, Jackson. And, I mean, it, that's never going to end. That's just the nature of that business. If you don't want sub- to get subject, subject, you're, I can't say it. If you don't want to go through that. Don't, don't get to that point. Um, yeah. And Club Nintendo podcast is up there as well. Uh, they're all the way up to episode 164, and they're talking about a new Nintendo Switch game called Arms. Which Cole actually said he wants, don't you, Cole? Arms for the Switch? Yeah. See, he just said yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a sixty dollar game. I want to look at some reviews and some videos first before I even think about pulling the trigger on that. Um. My yeah uh, yeah. Alexander is very interested in the Switch. Uh,
1: it's, it's it's a fantastic it talks about a lot. The problem is, yeah, Well, at the moment, he, even I wanted to get him one,
0: I couldn't because you can't get them anywhere. So. You could if you come to the when you come to the U.S. They're they're plentiful and in stores. Um, you know I'm still playing the Zelda game on it. Uh-huh. Uh, and on the 30th of this month, they released their first uh, DLC pack for it. It's twenty dollars. I'm going to have to buy it twice: one for the Wii U for Cole and then one for me. So there's forty bucks again. But it is a really good system and. The more I play Zelda which has been what six weeks now uh, two months mm-hmm. I don't even know it might be one of the very best video games I've ever played and wow for for me to say that David is really is saying something I haven't touched the ps4 or the Xbox one I've barely even touched my retro Pi stuff since I've got this and got into Zelda if I've got an hour of free time that I could play a game guess what I'm picking up yeah. it, there, I don't even it's I don't even think about it I haven't touched hardly any of my iOS games. There's a couple that I play once a day, maybe twice a day for five minutes at a time and put them away. But other than that, it's all about Zelda. It's that good. It's that immersive. It's that fun. Wow. So that's what's going on in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Check it out. Uh, If you're looking for new content to listen to on your commute or when you're taking the dog for a walk in the morning... Good stuff out there. But we do want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, maxsales.com, OWC. David, they've already got RAM for the brand-new 27-inch iMac with a Retina 5K display, the one that Apple just released. They've yep. already got RAM out there. And it's at least 60% less expensive than if you just get it through Apple when you order your iMac. Ooh, you know what? You've got to buy it through Apple, though, because you've got to support that company. Yeah. They're going to go under without They're that going to go under you can get a 32 gig kit which is four 8 gigabyte chips for $292. If you want to max that thing out, now Apple says it maxes out at 32, that's not true. OWC did the testing. They've got uh they know for a fact that you can get 64 gigs on it. So that would be four 16 gigabyte chips for 599 600 bucks. The same amount of RAM from Apple is going to be well over a grand. Wow. So yeah. that's a huge saving. Huge and really
1: Throw, I mean, if you've got a new computer like that, it's going to seem fast anyway, but
0: throw a pile of RAM in there and then you've set that thing up for years. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. right. You, when you get a computer, I always tell people, get as much RAM as you can possibly afford to put in there because it's going to make a huge amount of difference, but don't get the RAM from Apple. Apple has historically yeah. um, charged way more for RAM than what I think is conscionable. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's not even a, I don't even think it's just an opinion. I I think it's a fact. Uh, No, it's it's basically, it's like, it's like buying a drink at the hotel bar. You know, you're going to get ripped off. Exactly. Just go down to the (laughs) 7-Eleven and get a a 40. Keep it in the bag and drink it on the stoop. Um, so I mean, 64 gigs in a 27 inch iMac without 5k screen. That thing will last you years and years and years. It's going to be so fast. You're going to be able to do so many things at one time. You to have fifty different applications over, and this machine is just not going to slow down. So, we want to thank uh, OWC and MaxSales.com for sponsoring TechFan this week. Make sure you guys are following them on Twitter. Uh, anytime I post the show notes uh, or you know a link that the show is live, I also put in there sponsored by uh, MaxSales and OWC. Click those links in the Twitter feed and, as well, Facebook, and uh, follow them because they've got good information. They're not just trying to sell you something every time either. You know, they've got the blog. They're commenting on what's going on in the tech industry. It's good stuff. So uh, we want to thank them, and David's finally going to see the headquarters when uh, MaxDoc comes around here in just a couple more weeks. Uh, David, let's jump right in uh, to a couple other things. I mean, we're already coming up on the 50-minute mark. So I think Mm -hmm. we're going to have to push a couple of these for. uh, Yeah,
1: they're not none of them time critical.
0: No. um, Although, although, well, no. One thing I did want to say, and I'm surprised that I saw you put this in here because I, you know, I'm a I'm a video game enthusiast. I have been since I was seven years old. So for 40 years, Um, a machine learning system got the highest possible score on the random miss Pac-Man for the Atari 2600. That just that's so fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, so anybody who remembers
1: Pac-Man on the old Atari, the original Pac-Man was terrible. It was. I'm not we, we're talking about for the for the home co- the VCS, the home console. Yeah. So Pac-Man was big in the arcades in the very early 80s, 81 something like that. Uh and <laughs> Atari, in their infinite wisdom, they had the VCS with you know great games on it. Um, the biggest, well, it would basically start the video game console boom. And so, they, in their infinite wisdom, decided that they would uh, trash together a Pac-Man game in about two weeks. <laughs> and they yep. gave the guy the job of doing it, and he pulled it off in the way that the uh, not not great execution. However, when Miss Pac-Man came out. They actually did a proper job. And I had Miss Pac Man for the um for the VCS and it really was virtually as good as the arcade game. Yep. Um you know, in terms of great you would you would think the VCS could not do graphics like this, but they did a massively great job. They did. But one of the great things about um the twenty six hundred um version of Miss Pac Man is that it was it wasn't kind of predefined you couldn't learn the patterns of the ghosts. They right. were random. It was random. Uh, yeah, and so uh, people over the years, obviously people play in emulators and that sort of thing nowadays, have been fighting the challenge of getting to the maximum, you know, maxing out the score in those old games. You could basically get the the highest possible score on Miss Pac-Man, and nobody. I think well, I think it's been done, but it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this team basically um, built an AI to do it, and they put a lot of, a lot of effort into this a huge amount of it. you read this story um that we're gonna link to in the show notes and it's um it's amazing the uh the effort they put in. Uh, but they did it and the AI was managed to beat those random patterns so it's a computer bidding computer and get the top
0: score. Cool story. I and you know yeah. the story isn't that it got the top score. It's how they did it. It's how they did it. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk yeah. about our uh our wiki entry for this week or
1: yeah, this is this is an interesting one. I I want to do something a little bit different. So yeah. this is kind of geeky, but it's not it's not directly techy, though it has some tech elements to it. But this I actually saw this on a documentary a few weeks ago and I, I was fascinated by it. So our entry this week is the Borovsko Bridge. I hope I'm pronouncing
0: it right. Probably uh, not, but for the Probably majority not, yeah. of our and audiences, they wouldn't know the difference anyways. Yeah.
1: I the Brosco Bridge, and, and um, take a look at the pictures in, in the, on the Wikipedia link here, because it's an amazing thing. You, you first see it, and it's a big concrete bridge with a, a, a freeway on it that's that runs out a, over a lake and uh, kind of peters out two-thirds of the way out right. the lake.
0: But there doesn't look uh, to be any way to get on this bridge from the side that's on yeah. land.
1: Um, and it's so it's really really odd because it's like somebody took a lake and they decided to build a motorway in the middle of it. But the the, the history behind this is that um, this was built. It's actually known locally as the as Hitler's Bridge <laughs> because it Always was built in the um, in the uh, late '30s during the war. Uh, and it was actually started just after um, just before G- Germany invaded Czechoslovakia, but Hitler thought it was a great idea he he wanted to have a a highway that ran all the way from Germany through all of these territories that, um, Gee, that Germany why, had conquered why, why would Hitler want that <laughs> I think he just wanted to have he was well, he was looking for his um, for his empire um and obviously you know great for tanks and all of that sort of thing if you need to get to the front so um he they took this over and and effectively um they mostly i think the bridge is actually finished the freeway on the top was never finished because hey there was a war right <laughs> uh and so for many years after the war this thing was kind of stuck there it was actually finished in the in the, in the the 50s after the war. But they never actually built the motorway to it. So, because obviously the way you build a freeway is you, you don't kind of build the freeway and then when you get to a, a dip, start building a bridge, you build the bridges and stuff first and then you run the motorway over the top. So, um, the bridge was built and was completed, um, but there was no desire for a freeway, particularly given the fact that Hitler was a big fan, so that probably put
0: a lot of people off. Yeah, I would imagine. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, this Um, is Niddler's Bridge. Yeah, let's not finish that. That, Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, uh, it's uh, kind of an issue for a lot of people. Yeah,
1: but it was was built with German design and labor, so um, it was pretty sound. I mean, say what you want about the Germans, but they know how to build stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, So there it remained in the middle of this forest, Um, and what happened is during the late 50s, they needed to build a a reservoir to give Prague drinking water. And um they looked at what to do about this bridge which was going to be flooded by the um by the reservoir and they looked at getting rid of it, demolishing it, decided that was too expensive, so they went, Oh just hell, we'll just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so um it's now a bridge that is the actual bridge part is hidden by the the reservoir that sits around it. And so you do have this It looks like a part of a highway, just kind of sitting in the middle of a lake. Uh, It is the uh, a a true bridge to nowhere. You can't actually go uh, and see this now because the reservoir is supplying water for Prague. Effectively, the whole area is kind of coned off, so you can't go and see it. Um, But I saw, as I say, I saw this documentary, which was was looking at all these. It looked at many kind of discontinued or um, kind of lost constructions uh, and this was one of them and uh it was fascinating it really is and it's amazing to see these huge arched very very beautiful looking arch column bridge that's there under the water and nobody's ever going to see it again yeah um it's kind of weird but uh yeah i thought it was interesting and uh it's certainly a striking image
0: and of course our uh websites will have a link to the wikipedia entry because i am with you i think this is this is pretty cool i like this this is this is neat and also, kind of wonder what the aliens would think if they see that What the heck is that <laughs> thing doing? Yeah,
1: like? you can imagine archaeologists coming up on this site in about you know two hundred thousand years time after
0: all the history has been lost, and they're thinking, well, "What were they on about here? Was Why no was, well, he maybe they worshipped this. it?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe those was, was there aquatic intelligent life at the time, and. Yeah. Um, I always think I always think that when I see archaeologists,
1: uh, everything they dig up, you know, they say, oh, this must have had religious significance. And I always think, well, maybe it was just somebody's trash trash
0: pit. Yeah, how do you know this wasn't just some crazy dude that decided to build this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it... So, or those, somebody just goofing around it was a school project for a year and yeah easter island, maybe
1: you know maybe those um, maybe those statues on easter island you know the big long faces maybe right. there was just some guy who really liked them and, and spent his whole life trying to get them right
0: yeah and just kept messing uh, up and i'll start a new one over here <laughs> i'll start again with another one <laughs> yeah. so interesting I, I i like stuff like that it's, i always find it I always wish these things were closer by so I can actually go see them. But yeah, yeah. At least we can watch documentaries and Wikipedia and. There's always something cool enough. Stuff. Yeah, there's a, there's an elevated highway section in the middle of Manchester that
1: actually has something like this on it. It has a um, kind of a, a ramp, an off ramp that they built and that that just ends in nothing because they never <laughs> uh, finished the other bit of it. Uh, it's all kind of lamed off so you can't try and drive down there. Right. But it, you, you first time you drive past it, you kind of look in
0: and think, what the hell? <laughs> So with that, we're going to end this episode of Tech Fan. Uh, We do want to thank, again, our sponsor, MaxSales.com. Thanks to the other shows in the podcasting network that support our show, just like we support their shows. And, uh, again, we do welcome your feedback. It's the show at TechFanPodcast.com. David, I'll see you next week. See you then.